Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Well, good morning, Gateway Life Church. For those in the room and for those who are also tuning in online, I want to welcome you. Um, I just want to begin by thanking our, our production team for the great job uh, that they've done this morning and uh, just really proud of how uh, they're just coming along. Um, but we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's good to do things sometimes a little bit differently. You know, God is a God of the new day. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. Shall you not perceive it. And I just know that God has something very special to say to each and every one of us. And uh, so as I was preparing my heart to minister on this Pentecost Sunday, I felt strongly to create a space, especially for you, to not only be refreshed in God's presence, but to hear from God in your heart. Today, I am calling this part of our service a prophetic time of worship. As you can see already behind me on the screen, there are different passages of Scripture just rolling one after another. And I pray that even that will touch your heart. This is an opportunity for you to hear from God in your heart. I want to begin by asking a prophetic question. And that question is this, how is your heart? How is your heart? And how is your heart going? Where would you say your heart is even right now? Remember, this is a prophetic time of worship. Now, I know that we all love to worship Jesus, but I just believe that this is a space for you to personally receive from the Lord. In fact, I hear the Lord saying, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find restoration of your soul. You know, sometimes we can go through the program. Sometimes we can go through the motions, the elements of a church service, but our hearts are not exactly where they need to be. And I know that on this Pentecost Sunday, it's a little bit of a reset time, a reset of the heart, a restoration, a a refreshment of the heart, a renewal. So to the point that I believe that each one will walk out of this place today with a repositioning in your heart. You know, there's that great song. I'm not sure who wrote it. I think it might have been Michael W. Smith or I don't know. But he said um, that he's coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you, Lord. It's all about Jesus. How is your heart? How is your heart? You know, the uh, proverb says that from the heart flow the issues of life. It says, watch over your heart. Be careful to know where your heart is at, because from it flows, once again, the themes and the issues of life. This is a prophetic time of worship today. I want to remind us Uh, that what's more important than hearing about God is hearing from God. That's actually more important. Uh, You know, even for our evangelistic team, 
they may go out and uh, share their faith and share the gospel and talk about Jesus. And, and, and those who don't know God can hear about God. But what's more important is that they themselves hear from God. One prophetic word of revelation from Jesus will change your life today. One spoken word from the very throne room of God will convert and change and transform any life. And so as we begin today, I just got some things that I want to prophetically declare over your life. But before I do, uh, my wife, um, who was also a pastor here, uh, this is Trina. For those who don't, uh, for those of you who don't know her, uh, she just has a word that she wants to bring right now. Thank you. That's a great, great word that you've shared already. And I just really felt the Holy Spirit uh, speak to me this morning, actually, uh, and give me a word to share with with all of you. You know, as Pastor Jason said, what does church look like? You know, normally we come in, the, the band are on the platform and we're all ready to, to, to move in the flow of, of how we know things, how we know church goes. But I want to encourage you to stay open. We're doing things in a different order. We're doing them differently as we're being led by the Spirit. And I just feel like this is a really special, intimate time where God straight away wants to soften up the soil of our hearts and speak to us as we move throughout the service. And I really sense that um, the Holy Spirit put on my heart that there's people here today that are saying, God, I love you. I do love you. But I'm still struggling. I know that I love you. I know that I want to follow you, but I am still struggling with this issue or with this bad habit or I don't have my life sorted out the way that I thought it would be sorted out, even though I know you. Or God, I love you, but I'm really weary. I'm really weary of always trying to make the right choices and do the right things as a Christian and do what is right. But I want to encourage you today, well, God wants to encourage you, that he doesn't call the qualified. We know that statement, but don't switch off. He doesn't call the qualified. You know that scripture in the Bible that says, you know, not many were noble, not many were wise, not many were this or that or the other. And isn't that true of us? But, you know, God qualifies you because he's called you to himself. You are qualified because God calls you to himself. So do not be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. You know, your frailty and your humanness does not disqualify you. It's in fact, in spite of your humanness, in spite of your weaknesses, these are the things that actually qualify you and they make you a better encourager of others. They make you a better Christian because you know how it feels to be imperfect too. You know how that feels. You know, when we receive Jesus, isn't it true? We are immediately forgiven. We are immediately justified by faith in Him. But, but it's a daily process of sanctification, church. It's a daily stepping out of our faith. It's a daily being changed more into his image and into his likeness. And until we arrive in heaven, that will continue to be the case. 
we will never fully arrive until that day. Let me give you this example for those of you that are parents, but even if you're not a parent, I know that you can identify with this analogy. You know, the day that your baby is born, David and I were just talking about babies being born. The day that your baby is born, you are declared a mother. You are declared a father. You are declared parents of that child. But do you really know what you're doing yet? I don't know about you, but I didn't. I remember thinking, they're letting me take this baby home. Don't they know? I don't know what I'm doing. But you know what we do? We step it out. Every day we step out what being a mother and what being a father is supposed to be, even though we don't really know the way. Somehow we step out and we grow into that role. And it's the same with us, church. We are immediately saved when we receive Jesus. Yes, we are immediately called the children of God. And that is such a wonderful thing. But we need to keep stepping that out. And I want to encourage you, keep going. Stay on the, on the course. Stay on the path. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. One more step. Just put that next foot forward. One more day. Give that one more word of encouragement to somebody else. One more Sunday of staying the course, of staying the path. You know, I believe God, the Holy Spirit has given me this word to encourage you, both to encourage you and to exhort you. You know, daily, the Bible talks about David, how he daily strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, there's times, church, where no one else is going to strengthen you. No one else is going to do it for you. You're going to have to rise up and strengthen yourself in the Lord. You're going to have to pat yourself on the back. You're going to have to put your own foot forward because no one else is going to do it for you. However, church, we are always called to strengthen and encourage one another. The scriptures tell us that you need it and I need it too. Pastor Jason needs it too. We all need to encourage one another. And I want to encourage you that there's someone here in this service today that is encouraged by seeing you here also in church alongside them. Your, your face. Don't underestimate, sorry, the power of your presence. Your face, your voice, your word of encouragement, that greeting that you give someone, that prayer, that word of encouragement. We need to keep encouraging one another. God is calling us, church. He's calling us higher. He's calling us to a higher calling. What does that mean? It means that we don't just live or make decisions for ourselves, but for the sake of others. Be very mindful of that, church, when you're making your life decisions. There's a bigger vision for your life and for my life than just our own preferences. There is someone else that needs your encouragement or that needs what you have to give and only you can give it. I hope that that word has both encouraged you and exhorted you today. God bless you. Yeah, Amen. Can we give her a hand of uh, just thanks? Thank you so much. You can be seated if you want for now. Yeah. So once again, if you missed it, um, 
I just feel like uh, we need to do things differently today and really felt very strongly that it was impressed upon my heart to create just a, a very fertile space for you to receive, to be refreshed, to be restored and renewed in your faith. So welcome to this uh, Pentecost Sunday. Um, I was saying earlier that you know, what, what's more important than hearing about God is hearing from God. That's what we need to hear. We need a, uh, you need, I need a living word in the midst of my circumstances. Uh, be it relational, financial, uh, physical, emotional, mental, marital, uh, and everything, you know, enclosed within. We need a living word from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we need. And so even though we're not going to be having, as it were, like a, a song list where we, you know, sing the songs and things like that, which we love to do, I still want to acknowledge right here, right now, that Jesus Christ is in our midst and that we love Him and that we worship Him. And one of the ways that we can worship Him right now is to open up our hearts and to be in a place of surrender, to be in a place where we're just uh, still before Him. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, God just wants you to receive. I feel like God is saying even right now, remember, this is a prophetic time of worship. So take your notes and uh, and just take on what you feel the Lord is speaking to you about. But, but I feel the Lord saying to someone here right now, what's, what's wrong with me just wanting to bless you and to love on you where you don't do anything, where you're just still in the presence of God, where you can just receive and be refreshed to go and be the church again. Again, I believe that what's more important than hearing about God, it's hearing from God. That will sustain you. Could it be that one of the reasons why some of us are distracted, why some of us are disoriented, why some of us are easily led astray is because we haven't got yet that anchoring word in the season that we find ourselves in. I would like to say, Yes, that would be the reason why we can feel so distracted. So a little bit at times all over the place. And, and make no mistake about it, Satan, our adversary, I think someone here needs to remember that we have an adversary, an enemy of our souls, and his name is Satan. And he's doing the dance, the dance of Jezebel, which you know, is throughout all of Scripture. What is that Jezebel spirit? That Jezebel spirit is the kind of spirit that wants to adorn itself. That Jezebel spirit is the kind of spirit that wants to cover up its true identity, where that spirit will do the dance and say whatever it needs to say to lure you and to distract you. And let me tell you, that spirit is even in the church. Don't get distracted by that Jezebel spirit and don't substitute the supernatural for the superficial. In these last days, we're going to need discernment to know the difference between the supernatural in the church and the superficial. Don't sell out the supernatural for the superficial. 
If Jesus Christ was resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit, and He was, then there ought to be some evidence of that power in every church service and in every believer's life. And it really is my prayer that something of God's Word today is going to strike us at the very core of our hearts so that our hearts would be resuscitated again, that we would come to life again and that we wouldn't be asleep in the light. You know, there are many people and there's no judgment, there's no spirit of judgment in me or over me right now. But the Scripture even talks about this, that many are asleep in the light, in the presence of God. Jesus also said that people worship me with their lips, but their hearts, there's that question, their hearts are far from me. God wants to know, how's your heart today? So once again, Uh, Welcome to this uh, prophetic time of worship and your personal Holy Spirit encounter. In Psalm 139 verses 17 and 18, it says, The psalmist said, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I were to count your precious thoughts toward me, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. We went for a a wedding on the Gold Coast recently. Uh, Come back a little bit too soon, but nevertheless, we're thankful for the time we had. I was walking along the beach and I just had this limited peripheral uh, vision of this one particular beach. I couldn't help but think that God's thoughts toward me outnumber the grains of the sand. And the same is for you, Julia. His thoughts towards you outnumber the grains of the sand. And that's not just a word for you, but a word for all of us. And guess what? Every thought is loving. Every thought is full of compassion. Every thought has uh, your best interest in mind. I'm the kind of person that just doesn't want to think about something that I like about someone, but I like to express it. What's the point? of me just thinking how inspired I am about someone or how much I love someone or how much I'm so thankful for someone, why would I have that thought and keep it to myself? Husbands and wives, and for anyone, here's a relational 101 course. If you're thinking something nice about someone, tell them. Could it be that the reason why you had that thought was to tell them? What's the point of you hanging on to it for yourself? Let me tell you, it's not just for you. It's for the person you're thinking about. Let me encourage you, open up your mouth. Our God is a speaking God, and therefore He wants us to be a speaking and a prophetic people. And I know that perhaps some of us have not had that growing up. You've probably had the opposite. You've probably never been told that you're loved. And if that is you, then I'm... I want to apologize on behalf of those who didn't apologize. And I want to apologize on behalf of those who didn't tell you enough that you're loved. But let me tell you something. Your identity is not in them. Your identity is in what God says about you. You know, this scripture, it's a testimony to the constant stream of loving and compassionate and liberating thoughts towards you. But we've got to be prepared and ready to hear them. Otherwise, we can miss it. 
You see, our Heavenly Father wants you to know that He's not like your earthly father. Because an earthly dad can be physically present in the house, but emotionally disengaged and absent from the family. But our Heavenly Father, He wants you to know that He's not only in the house, but that He desires to fellowship with you and that He always has something loving to say to you. As I've already said, our God is a speaking God and He speaks mostly on two levels. He speaks to us generally, in other words, in our everydays, and He speaks to us specifically. And one of the reasons why it can be difficult for people to get clarity and hear the specific words of God given for a specific season in their life is because they haven't yet developed the habit of tuning in and hearing the general everyday words of God. And if we don't have that now word of the Lord alive in our hearts, then all we have is a soulish perspective and an opinion. And an opinion never changed a situation or transformed a life or a nation. And so very quickly, let me just share with you three keys to hearing the voice of God. It is far better to hear from God than to just know about Him. Point number one, make an appointment with God. Point number one, make an appointment with God. If it's been a while since you've heard from God or personally encountered Him, then it's been a while since you've made an appointment with God. If it's been a while since you've heard from Him, could it be it's because it's been a while since you've made an appointment with God? Listen to this. Exodus chapter 19, verse 11. This is what God says of the children of Israel. And let them be ready. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all of the people. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people. And they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, Be ready, for on the third day, do not come near your wives. In other words, don't get distracted. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And then the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp, they trembled. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. God said, let them be ready on the third day. What's happening here? An appointment has been made. An appointment has been made. And the people prepared themselves to meet with God. And as they raised their level of preparation and sanctification, God met with them and spoke to them. And, uh, and for those of you who are taking notes, I want to encourage you to write this down. And that is that God always comes into a prepared atmosphere. God always comes to a, a prepared atmosphere. You see, if we miss an appointment, we can miss God. And this is where people can become disjointed or disappointed with God, life, even the church. But the responsibility of turning up to the appointment is on us and not God. And so this week, I want to encourage you to begin to make an appointment with God. It's like, how do you do that? Well, how do you make an appointment with your friend to meet for coffee 
You arrange a location. You arrange a time. You arrange a day and you keep it. I want to encourage you to seek first the kingdom of God and all His ways. And He will make straight your path. Point number two today, be still and be silent. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted uh, in the earth. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you this day. You know, there are three different kinds of voices that are talking to us most of the time. There are three different kinds of voices that talk to us most of the time. Number one, the secular. Number two, the satanic. And number three, the spiritual. And as I've already said earlier, Satan knows how to give us the superficial to distract us from the supernatural. The secular, it includes our own flesh, our mind, thoughts, lusts, and worldly ways. The satanic includes demonic lies, doctrines, teachings of demons, doubts, suggestions, suspicions, and manipulative external influences. For example, subtle gossip and guilt. And then there's the spiritual, which includes God's Word, Holy Spirit leadings, whispers, promptings, convictions, and the wisdom that comes from godly counsel and their encouragement. But if we're not spiritually dialed in, we're going to get confused as we attempt to discern God's voice amongst these other voices, which is why we need to be still and to be silent. And it's okay to be still. Don't feel guilty for doing nothing. That, that's actually a challenge for me. I'm a lot better than what I used to be, I have to admit. I find myself in a, uh, uh, in a more surrendered place these days, which I'm really happy about. I'm really happy about that. It's such a liberating place to live in a place of surrender, where things that if you like, uh, are coming against me that are not perhaps how I would like them to be. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> in the words of my dear old dad, who's no longer with us, when he couldn't comprehend something, he'd just go, oh, well. <laughs> and I do that quite often. It's like, oh, well, God, you know, I'm just going to be still. I'm going to be silent and I'm not going to sweat the small stuff. And so silence, it's putting away the outer distractions turning the phone off and everything else that goes with it. Social media, emails, calls, notifications. Comparatively speaking, being silent is the easy part. If silence is putting away the outer distractions, then being still is silencing the soul or silencing our inner voices the fears, the anxieties, the comparisons, the what-ifs, the if-onlys, what if it doesn't work, the worries, doubts, the guilt, the anger, replaying the past, or any other inner erratic feeling. Being still, being silent, silencing the outer voices, even those inner voices. Does anyone here know that Woolies, Woolies, the supermarket, 
have now what they call a sensory hour. Put your hand up if you've heard of it. They have what they call a sensory hour, which is only on Tuesdays from 10.30 to 11.30. I remember being in there one day and just noticing a real change in the atmosphere. And I said to the, the, um, uh, the person behind the register, what's happening? And she said, this is sensory hour. And I said, well, what's sensory hour? And she went on to tell me that this is where they dim the lights, they turn down the music, they turn off the register sounds, they turn off the bakery and rotisserie oven buzzers, and they clear the shop uh, floor. So even woolies are acknowledging the need to be still and to be silent. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 to 13, it says, Then he was told, Go and stand on the mountain at attention before God, and God will pass by. And then a hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God. But God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a great fire. But God wasn't even in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle and a quiet whisper. And God spoke. Point number three today. Point number three to hearing from God is to read God's Word. God, would you just speak to me? Sure. Here's a book. Be good if you read it occasionally with faith, with the expectation of hearing from God. If you want to hear from God, you've got to read God's Word. Here's why you've got to write it down. Uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 19, David said, All this the Lord made me understand as I wrote. So I want to encourage you not just to read about it, but to write about it. So they're the three things that I just wanted to talk to you about prophetically when it comes to hearing God. It's more important to hear from God than to know about God. Nothing wrong with knowing about Him, but far more important to hear from Him. Do you know what you are? You are the salt of the earth. That's what Jesus said. You are the salt of the earth. But I've had this other thought recently. Even though I'm the salt, we're the salt of the earth, God is the salt shaker. And God is shaking things up around the world. I tell you what, that's, in case you don't know what you're feeling right now, you're feeling a shaking, you're feeling a, a shaking on the inside of you. Not just because of what's happening around you, but what's happening on the inside of you. And I want to say this to you, to hold on, because things are not falling apart. They're falling into place. I know that we can get really distracted and think, oh, what's happening there? Why have they made that decision? Or why, uh, why is this or that happening? Can I just encourage you, stay focused. Don't get distracted. Don't follow the crowd. Don't take on the mindsets or the choices or the decisions of what others are choosing to, uh, to do. Remember that story when Jesus said to this one, go and whatever and and, uh, and he, then he said to Peter, Peter, follow me. 
And as Peter was turning to follow him, he said, Jesus, what about this man? What about what they're doing? What about their choices? And Jesus said, don't you worry about them. You just make sure that you follow me. I am your Lord. I am your Savior. I am your King. I'm the one who's got a purpose for your life. Stay focused. Things are not falling apart. Let me tell you, they're falling into place. And I know that you might be in the midst of challenges right now, but this is your time to hear from God like never before. And I've come here today to tell you that I prophetically see the Lord anointing your ears afresh to hear. And I see Him opening up your eyes like Elisha prayed in 2 Kings chapter 6. He's opening up your eyes to see that there are more for you than there are against you and that the hills are full of horses and chariots of fire all around you. You are not the minority, you are the majority. If you're feeling depleted and spent, I know that God's Word is coming to you. His voice may come quietly like a whisper, but you will recognize Him when He speaks. And His words will release you from your past, inject you with renewed faith and restore your soul. And as I begin to close this prophetic time of worship, I also see, I see a well of water. I see a well of water and a well speaks of access. It speaks of supply and it speaks of provision. And God, who is called Jehovah Jireh, is your all-sufficient provider. You know, a well may appear to be small in size. It can be small, even in the natural, in size. And yet it can be connected to an endless supply of water that will never run dry. And that's good news for those who are feeling dry, for those who are feeling weary and thirsty, and for those who are in need of provision. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 14, But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 6, And Jesus said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. That's good news. And God wants you to know, He wants you to know that the well is already dug for you. You don't have to dig that well. You just need to go to the well and draw from that well. And I want to prophetically declare in and over your life today that the story changes for you this day in your family, in your location, in your business, in your ministry, in your finances, in your future, I see a fountain of living water bursting forth for you. You see, there's that great passage that we read earlier. Be still and know that He is God. Let me tell you where we are at as a church prophetically right now, in case you don't know, or in case you're visiting for the first time. 
So as you know, by God's grace, we have been going for just on 20 years now. Okay? Which is just amazing. Um, and it's a testimony to God's call and faithfulness uh, in all of our lives. But there's a crossing over taking place for us as a church. And I just couldn't help but think of that story where Moses was leading the children of Israel and he led them out of Egypt. And now before them was the Red Sea and behind them were the Egyptian armies and they were coming in hot. They were coming in behind him and Moses was in the middle. So there was a Red Sea before him that he couldn't cross naturally. The Egyptian armies are coming in at a rapid rate. And the Lord said to Moses, be still and see the salvation of God. Now that takes faith to be still. But as Moses was still, God went and uh, did what Moses could not do. And he made a way where there seemed to be no way. And I believe that that's where we're at as a church. I believe that we're no longer where we used to be when it came to a previous season. I believe that that season has actually pretty much ended and that God has something new for us. He is a God of the new day. Behold, He says, I will do something new and now it shall spring forth. Do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? So we have left, as it were, an old season, but we haven't quite entered into the promised land. We're in the middle. And personally, I don't like being in the middle. It's kind of like no man's land. But it's what I do like about it, this is what I actually love and embrace about it, is that it takes more faith. Because I don't know how we're going to get from here to where God wants us to be. But I know that what God is preparing us for and remember, every local church has their own calling, has their own purpose, has their own season. But God has something different for us. And He is preparing us for this last day's anointing that is coming upon the church. Because I believe that pre-pandemic, the pre-pandemic structure of church is not going to work post-pandemic or in our future. I know that for sure, but I just don't know exactly what it looks like right now. But I do know it looks like Jesus. It looks like getting close to Jesus. That's never changed. I know that it still looks like going into all the world. I know that it still looks like loving your neighbor. I still know that it looks like loving and forgiving and caring and uh, preferring one another. There are just some things that don't change. And I think, God, you know, the church can be looking for better methods. But what God is looking for is better men and better women, more Christ-like men, more Christ-like women. And that doesn't mean you need to be perfect. It just means you need to be available. You just need to be willing and to keep it simple. So God is preparing us for the future. And I just want to say that as a pastor, I'm, I'm willing I'm willing to go. I'm willing for it to change. And, uh, you know, and we walk by faith and not by sight. So I just know that what lies before us is greater 
than what's behind us. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.